a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys uh, you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living, which is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm very excited for you to meet them. Now, I know today's guest uh, pretty well, uh, but not well enough to know if he has any tattoos. Uh, We haven't quite gotten to that level of it yet, Uh, but I would reckon that if he did, uh, a tattoo uh, may say something along the lines of, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, that uh, particular assemblage of words there would be a rather long tattoo, so perhaps our guest would just save some ink and just summarize it as... Matthew 6, verse 34, which is exactly where those words come from. Swear to gosh, I, the benefit of not knowing a ton about uh, the Bible <laughs> is that when you Google Bible verses about worry <laughs> and that comes up, that's legit a Bible verse, what I just read there. So uh, whether it's from the Bible or from his heart, uh, today's guest manifests a good-humored and measured, not manic, approach to life, which is not to say he's flippant or flimsy in any way. A former educator, he's an incredibly well-read and well-spoken teacher, coach, and mentor, operating with and instilling a calm wisdom in his subjects, whether they're kids, coworkers, or friends. He is a devoted husband, a dad of successfully grown-up kids of his own, a master sales leader, and Uh, I can attest to this, a master griller who has helped me out of many jams um, as I'm trying to be a better cook. Uh, And most importantly, the type of friend who actually listens to your answer when he asks, how you doing? This guy actually wants to know. So he doesn't let you off the hook by just saying, "Eh, whatever. So anyway, without any further ado, welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Kelly Morgan. Captain, my captain, welcome. Thanks, JP. I'm uh, happy to be talking to you as always, my friend. Thanks it for the kind great. words. You're, you're oh, wow. much, much uh, too effusive uh, and highly embellished, I believe, as well as your <clears> praise. <throat> but thank you anyway. Not at all. And in fact, I know uh, that is not embellished at all because you know we've had uh, we've had all the guests on Mana have been uh, wonderful, and I'm very blessed and honored that they spend the time on the show. But um, but you are the kind of guest that I get so excited about because there is uh, there's an army of people out there who are uh, going to be listening and who are gonna, going to um, uh, enthusiastically validate everything I just said there because they're like, yes, that's exactly him. And so I just I love the fact that um, and I, I consider myself um, honored to be in the in the Kelly Morgan fan club. So I just, I, again, really, really appreciate you being on the show. And, um, and so, uh, so we are, we're, we're, there's so much to get to and so much, um, for us to talk about. And, uh, for those that don't 
know Kelly, uh, or um, so he, Kelly and I have known each other for a while. We've been separated by literally miles for the last couple of years, so we don't get a chance to talk or see each other much. And so this, uh, so so over the next you know few minutes, <laughs> you may actually just start getting some updates just from Jeff and Kelly here. So to kind of sneak into into Manny here, but anyway, there's a lot to get to, and we'll get to that Bible verse that I just mentioned earlier, and. Um, and other, you know, God stuff, since this is uh, manna, um, a little bit later. But I wanted to actually start uh, with a story that, um, and as, as I think folks who listen to manna know, you know, there's some fairly standard questions that we ask in every show. But the first kind of question or the first thing that I that I bring up to guests is actually something that the guests don't even know I'm going to talk about. I give them a little bit of prep, and then, but the, the first thing is a little bit of a zinger. And so, you know, where I actually want to start, Kelly, is when, when we, I think it was literally the first time we met and we were, we were working at the same company and we were in a meeting and you were with a, uh, a bunch of your peers uh, in, in sales and our new leader, um, and, and, and I've never seen this happen. Our new leader was basically talking to all of you. I was kind of on the sidelines. I, I didn't get a chance. I wasn't sitting at the big table. So I'm, I'm kind of in the peanut gallery and I'm watching all this shake down. And and our and our new leader is is talking to all of you, kind of this bullpen of salespeople, and he's saying, "All right, one of you is going to lead this group. Okay, one of you is going to be the, the the sales director here." And um, and he said, "And I'm not going to pick it. Y'all are going to pick your own leader." And I was sitting there going, "Oh, this is not going to work at all. This just this, this doesn't happen. You know, you, leaders get sort of christened or sort of." whatever, you know, they get sort of anointed. And, um, but sure enough, uh, y'all went off and I think maybe you had a night when you could all figure it out. And the next morning, um, y'all came back together and I'm still in the peanut gallery and I'm watching this group uh, of your peers, uh, and you're all equals and every, and, and it was the coolest thing in the world to see. And I can't remember exactly how it shook down in terms of who said what, but at the end of it, all of them, uh, unanimously basically kind of like Simba and Lion King, they all presented you. Okay. And you're, you were their leader and it was really cool. And now that I actually think about it, it's, it's actually similar. This wasn't meant to be a churchy story at all, but it's, it's a little bit like, like Pope picking here, you know, when they, when they sort of emerge, you know, I don't, like, remember, yeah, I don't recall any white smoke. Uh, no. Yeah. no white smoke. But, but the reason I, I, I wanted to share that story is, is kind of a kickoff. It's first, it was literally the first time I met you and, and I was introduced to you, but what I, what struck me after all these years is, is, um, is the, this, this sort of unified enthusiasm from your peers to have you be their leader, you know, and there was no, there was no jealousy. There was no, there was, they were just so, um, just excited to have you lead. And then, and then, and then watching you lead that group over the, over the years that we worked together. I mean, it was like you were there arm in arm, you know, in the really leading from within, you know, among the ranks, front lines, whatever kind of, you know, cliche you want to use there. So anyway, I just kind of want to start there because it was obviously something that they knew and saw in you and you took that sort of mantle, you know, of leadership very naturally. And I'm just wondering, was that, and, and, and I know that's just kind of how you live, but, but where does that kind of come from? Has that, was that a conscious, like, you know what, this is the kind of leader I am. I'm kind of one of those roll up the sleeves guys and just sort of, you know, kind of player coach thing, or 
you know, did you learn that from somebody or, or, or did, does it just, was it a natural thing? Cause it was, it, it was super impressive and something that just stuck with me today. Wow. Uh, I appreciate that. It's been a long time since I had thought about that uh, period uh, and time frame, but it's uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was very uh, humbling uh, and 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 a cool thing because those were all you know long time colleagues, most of them uh, approaching twenty years, uh, where we started as you know sales reps together. Uh, we weren't managers or employees; we were independents, and we kind of all grew up together. So it was a very, uh, it, it was a very, uh, amazing honor, uh, to have them, uh, feel that way and to endorse me. But yeah, it's funny cause I never thought about it, but you said player coach. And I, I really like that. I, I'm a firm believer that every team needs, you know, not only, uh, a coach, uh, in, in front who kind of, you know, helps control the logistics and all that stuff, but th- they really need uh, a bunch of leaders from within uh, the team itself. They need uh, multiple player coaches. That, that's how you're really successful. And when you were talking, I thought about sixth grade, and I thought about sixth grade um, um, softball for field day, and you know the the, the gym teacher was. Uh, we had to put the teams together. Like the sixth grade was playing the teachers or something. I forget what it was, but uh, I remember Mr. Holloman said, okay, Morgan, you're, you're in charge. You're the coach. So, <laughs> so I, I don't know why I thought about Mr. Holloman in sixth grade uh, field day softball at the end of the year, but that's what yeah. I thought about. And uh, you know, I just, I just had so many great uh, role models and mentors as a kid uh, with athletics and coaching. I, I, I love coaching. That's probably the most, enjoyable time of my life when I was a teacher and a coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've enjoyed every phase of it. I've I've done a lot of different things, you know, uh, but I I always tell people I I never had more fun or enjoyed it more. Uh, Didn't make a whole lot of money, but it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, Uh, when I was teaching and coaching, it was just, uh, it was pretty unbelievable. It was pretty special. So yes, I very much enjoy coaching. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy uh, watching people develop. So yeah, that was, that was fun. That was that was that was a fun thing. What and, got and something you, I enjoy? Yeah, yeah. What 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 got you into education initially? Was it did, were your were your folks teachers or, or uh, did you? No, you know it's a it's a great question. Two two things. Um, you know, gr- growing up as, as again as a kid and and playing sports in high school. Um, my most uh, influential mentors were, were my high school coaches I mean, and, and they, they were all great friends, personal friends in and out of school. And they had so much fun together. You know, I really didn't know, have any idea what I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, I, I just arbitrarily said, well, I'm either going to be a lawyer or I'm going to be a teacher and a coach. Mm-hmm. Didn't have any lawyers in my family. I was going to say, uh, where the law no, coming from? No, didn't have any teachers in my family. But just thought that was something that was good, you know, with words and it was, you know, interpretation of words and and, uh, all that good stuff. And I like words. And uh, and I just said, well, okay. so uh, I went to school and I majored in English on the thoughts of being a lawyer because it's good prep for law school. Right. Lots of reading, all that good stuff in the language. And uh, anyway, woke up one day and decided, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be a lawyer. (laughs) <laughs> after I've taken my LSATs and everything. <laughs> and I dropped out of school. 
my senior year, uh, second semester, I was on course to graduate on time and I, I dropped out in February wow. and I was going to graduate in May. And, uh, and I met my lovely bride and, uh, we got married and I was, you know, cooking in a restaurant, attending bar and hanging drywall, doing all kinds of different stuff. And, uh, bless her heart. Her, her poor parents must've been beside themselves, uh, and they said, you know, we really, we really think you and Kelly should go back and finish school. You know, we think that'd be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So come live with us for a year and, and finish school. So we did that. And I got my degree. I've finished in one semester. And her dad was a longtime educator and principal, very beloved man, and one of my greatest role models, actually. Um, and uh, he helped me out and he got me in the door. I got mm-hmm. my degree in English and he introduced me to some people and I got an opportunity and I ran with it. So uh, that's what got me into teaching. And I, I enjoyed every, I did it for 11 years and I, I enjoyed it very much. That's cool. <clears throat> you know, that was going to be one of my questions about, you know, we, we, we behind, um, well, two things behind every great man is, is most typically a, a, an even greater, um, woman, wife, uh, which, so that's, and I know that's the case with you as well. But then, you know, we, we, we also like to kind of trace back, um, seeing as how the, you know, title of the show is Mana, we'd like to trace back to some of those influential kind of male role models. So it sounds like, sounds like your father-in-law, eventual father-in-law was, was a role model. How, how did that, um, how did that sort of emerge? Like, was that something that had you known, you know, him and, 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 and obviously your, your soon to be wife, you know, for a while, or did that kind of um, sort of develop kind of after you, you know, kind of after you got married and, and, and were kind of like plotting out sort of like the, the course of life? Uh, yeah. you know? No, it was after we got married. We, <laughs> we only dated for six months again, much to her parents chagrin. Uh, <laughs> Before, before I mean, we you, really, you really went from like worst to first with this guy. Extremely <laughs> impetuous uh, <laughs> and ill-advised by by anyone's uh, by anyone's uh, playbook. But uh, the the Lord looks after drunks and fools, and I guess uh, I just lucked out. And uh, uh, but uh, <laughs> he 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 really. Uh, my father passed away when I was fourteen, um, so uh, I didn't spend. A, lot of time with my dad, not in the format, you know, in the early years. Yes, obviously. But, you know, in my early manhood, uh, I didn't have a chance to really, you know, have that exposure to him and pick his brain and, and learn from him. And, and I learned so much from uh, Linda's dad, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, everything. I mean, I, I, you name it, you know, he helped shape it. He was a guy that could do everything, literally. Built his own house, um, built the furniture, was a great educator, was beloved, was so highly esteemed that uh, he ran <laughs> he ran unopposed like four times for the state Senate. I mean, people, there was just like no way anybody was going to, after his educational career, he was asked to, again, serve the public, you know, and he did it uh, willingly. And he's uh, just a great, just a, just the greatest guy ever. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, was, don't, get, was, don't get me all choked up talking about no, Daddy, Daddy no, Harry. No, that's Daddy cool. Harry's a principal did, guy. Well, and not to not to turn this into a, a couch session here, but I mean, it, did losing your dad at a, at a not a super young age? I mean, actually, you could contend that that's actually one of the 
crappiest times to lose a parent because you're just old enough to really, right. you know, process it. Do you think, you know, you, you mentioned the influential role coaches played in your life. I mean, was that a, sort of a, a, a resultant, you know, was that a result of that? I mean, did, did you, did you look to sports, you know, was oh, that sure. kind of a you know place sure. for you to get that sort of? Oh, I think, for, I think for sure. I think I was hungry yeah. for that, you know, and uh, I was just like, I could have, you know, I could have had really bad, teachers and coaches too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could have I married a gal with a terrible father. You know, I just, I was just so blessed and fortunate to have uh, those guideposts along the way mm-hmm. that helped, you know, keep me, keep me kind of on track when, you know, it could have gone ninth grade is a tough year, you know, yeah. in, in and of itself. And and when you have the, the death of a, a parent or anything else life changing like that. That's, that's kind of a, you know, any, any counselor or educator will tell you ninth grades to make or break year for anybody, yep. uh, whether they're going to do it. But, uh, I was fortunate, like I said, and my mom's, uh, God bless her. She's still with us. She's 94. And, wow. Uh, so, so yeah. So, so, so those people, I mean, when I needed people, uh, you know, they were there, uh, God put them there in my life. You know, yeah. and I, I, while I missed my dad, you know, I, uh, I had, I had really great surrogates, I think mm-hmm. in their place. So how much, how much, you know, you mentioned, you say, you say, you know, God put them in your, how, wh- what role, if any, did kind of the formal kind of church upbringing play for you? Was that a big part of the Morgan family upbringing? Yeah, that was kind of my fear. That was my, that was my that was my fear part of this uh, conversation, Jeff. As I shared as I shared with you, I, uh, you know, my mom was a my mom is an Italian immigrant. She's the only one in her family born in this country, uh, and they were very staunch Catholics. My mom went to Catholic school. We were all uh, raised in the Catholic Church. All the kids. There's there's I'm the youngest of six kids, and uh, you know we all made it through the basics. Uh, but but I don't know if they ran out of gas by the time I got there, or I mean my parents in terms of you know the discipline and, and staying on it. Uh, I, I kind of started to stray uh, from the church, you know, lapse, as they would say in Catholicism, uh, right, right before my confirmation. Uh, and uh, it did play a role. It, it definitely helped shape, uh, you know, a lot of my, my, my concepts of obviously good and right and wrong mm-hmm. and all those things that are extremely important and grounding. Um, but I would say formal religion has not been a, for good or for bad, it's, it has not been a huge part of my adult life. Mm-hmm. Although I, and, I very much believe and, and feel that, you know, there is a hand that guides us. Yeah. And that, and that, and that's, and that's, you know, and that's kind of the point of this, of this podcast is to talk about the things that uh, in particular our, our bent here is, is with men, but it's to, it's to, you know, recognize virtue that is happening. Um, you know, due to influences with whether they're people or upbringing or, or situations where, where, you know, whether, whether we're, whether we know it or not. And I think, I think guys are particularly sometimes uh, obtuse to things, <laughs> but it's kind of like, whether we know it or not, you know, God is working, you know, and, and I, and I think, and I think that is what comes out 
you know, in, in, in the way you've lived your life, you know, the, the generosity that you've, that you've afforded, whether it's coworkers or your, your players that you coached or the students that you taught, you know, I, I, I'm reminded by, I, um, I had a friend, I still have a friend, um, who, um, whenever we'd get to talking about people, he'd say things like, well, you know, I just don't know if they know Jesus. And I never really liked that. Cause I was like, uh, oh, that just doesn't seem like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like I should be passing that kind of judgment. And anyway, I was chatting with a, with a pastor friend of mine and saying, you know, you know, we get into these conversations and, and, you know, and, and then this other friend says, oh, I just don't know if they know Jesus and I don't know what to say. And, and my pastor friend, just, just without bad and says, well, next time he says that, just say, well, you know, I don't know if he knows Jesus, but I think Jesus knows him. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I think that's, that's, you know, uh, just being as someone that you have, that you have, uh, exacted your, generosity and love and, uh, you know, toward being the recipient of that, I can say that, you know, it kind of doesn't matter if you knew, if, if you've attributed it as such, because that is, I think, I think that's God working through you. So it's kind of, well, you know, like I said, I've, I've always, no matter what uh, the circumstances uh, are or were, I've always felt very blessed and fortunate and lucky. And, you know, when things were bad, I never said, you know, why me? I've, I've always adopted the attitude of why not me? Hmm. I'm not, I'm not special. I'm nobody special. I'm, I'm, I'm as, uh, susceptible to all the vicissitudes of life as any other human being on the planet. And, and, uh, you know, so if, if, if this is what's before me, then, you know, all I can control is what I can control. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's really about, it's not about what, what life gives you, gives you. It's about how you react to what life gives you. And I know that's very trite and cliche, but I mean, I try to instill that in my girls all the time. I think it's very, I think I have, hope I have, um, but I definitely believe it's true. And yeah. it's about how you deal with, you know, uh, the good stuff's easy to deal with. <laughs> well, I say that some people really make a, make a mess out of that too, but yeah. <laughs> But, uh, have you anyway. found have you found throughout the course of life that that those moments of challenge, you know, whether it's way back when you're 14 or, or beyond, have those have those been inflection points for you where you've where you've taken, you know, and uh, speaking of cliches, here's another one. Although I heard a, a great just a little sidebar here. I heard a great little thing about cliches. The cliches are poems that won. Okay. That's kind of cool. So like that's that. a little cliches. A cliche, so we can feel better about setting cliches because they're you know they're winning. <laughs> anyway, um, but have I you like found? It, I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. As you look back on 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 you know, and, and we all have you know these ups and downs. Have you found that those more challenging periods have have been sort of these inflection points of more kind of reflection and whether or not it was you know you know, attributable to, you know, faith or, or, or God have, have you had those sort of like take stock? Oh, hundred percent and several, <laughs> some several, the most recent of which you're, you're very familiar with, but uh, no, I, I would say that I would say that all of those things, I, I always say this, I, I, I almost never look back and uh, say, I wished I had, or I wished I hadn't, or, I really believe that everything does happen for a reason and uh, everything that's happened to me, good, bad, or in between 
has helped to shape, you know, who I am today. And, and I'm comfortable with that. I like, I, I, I don't want to say I like who I am. That sounds terrible, but I, I just kind of, I'm comfortable with who I am and where I am. And I think that's really important um, to be accepting of your life and not to be so hypercritical or regretful that, you know, you can't learn from it. So I've Mm -hmm. tried to learn from it uh, when those things were bad. And I think they've, I think they've helped me immeasurably. I think uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't reverse anything bad that's happened because it's brought me, helped bring me to this point, I guess is what Mm -hmm. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now there's a great quote that I just recently heard and from some saint who said it and he said something to the to to the effect of you know be who you are and and be that well. Mm-hmm. So just knowing, well, yeah. you know, and just 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 be yourself well. <laughs> and uh and and I do think and so I I in, during your intro I remarked about this kind of long tattoo that you might have around, you know, of not necessarily worrying and, and, you know, you know, tomorrow there'll be enough worry for tomorrow. And, and the longer version of, and, and this one I was a little bit more familiar with, but the more formal sort of, um, you know, piece of scripture that I have always attributed to you. Um, and there are funny stories that we're not going to share here because they're a little bit more uh, PG-13, <laughs> but but it's from Philippians. Uh, and it's, uh, for those that are more learned uh, of the Bible, you'll know where this is heading. But it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I can honestly, I've lost track of how many times I have been wrapped around the axle and so just torn up about just the, in hindsight, the most trivial of things and how many times you, you know, whether it was over the phone or in person and you just, and I I remember one profound uh, moment that I'm not, again, I won't recount. Um, but I remember we were at a restaurant and you just looked at me square in the eye and said things that just diffused everything. And just, you have this way about you that just exacts this calmness. And it's not, as I said in the intro, it's not dismissive. You don't dismiss anybody's feelings or worries at all. You respect them. And yet, you are able to just put them in this just wonderful context of, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, what I keep thinking of Jaffe, which is just a total inside joke here, but it's just, it's just not that big of a deal. And I, I just, I think that is a gift that you have. And I know everybody who's listening, who knows you is nodding their heads right now. And um, I guess my last question before we get to our little fun segment is, I mean, is that, is that something that, you know, from what you maybe remember about your dad, or maybe it was with, with, with Linda's dad is, is that, have you had people around you reinforcing that or has that really been kind of your, you know, a little bit of a charism of you where that's kind of your gift, you know what I mean? Like you're sort of spreading that, you know, uh, sense amongst others. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I don't I I don't think it was it was definitely not my dad. <laughs> uh, bless his heart. He just he, he just had a lot on his plate. Um, but um, it definitely was Linda's dad. Oh my gosh, Linda's dad. Um, mm. I mean, nobody felt bad around HB man. 
Harry Blevins, Daddy Harry. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody felt bad around him. He, he just, he could just, I mean, not to be a blasphemer at all, but he, he could, he could really calm the waters. You know what yeah. I mean? No, no matter how bad things were, he was always the go-to guy and the voice of reason. Uh, so yes, definitely got some of that from him. Some of it, I mean, I, you know, I don't like, I don't like to see people upset. Uh, I'd like, I like to help people. I like to solve problems. Uh, and anytime I can do that, I, you know, I try to, and I, I, and I don't know if that comes from being the, you know, the youngest, they say the youngest are the mascots of the family, right? We're the pleasers. We're the <laughs> ones that make sure everybody gets along. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, uh, that definitely was kind of needed in my family. Um, and uh, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know, yeah. but certainly Linda's dad's part of that. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I really do believe that there, there's no reason uh, for us not to be reasonable and to not get along and to not be, and, and that everything truly will be okay. Even, even if it's not what we want, it, it, it'll be okay. Yeah. You know, so. well, <clears throat> well, it is however it happened and however it happens, we are all the better for it. So, all right. Well, Hey, we are, we are, um, we are now to the fun segment of the, uh, of the, of, of the big show. Uh, so, uh, same three questions. Say it like, every Ed, say it like Ed Sullivan. Come on, <laughs> exactly. Really big show. Really big show. So anyway, fun segment, uh, three questions. Uh, uh, all of the guests, including Kelly, have known about these questions in advance. And so any feigned, um, you know, pause or, or is just plain uh, unpreparedness. So uh, question number one, uh, if Jesus uh, knocked on your door tomorrow. And what I love about this question is, and, and I really appreciate that your humility earlier and saying, you know, you know, maybe, you know, was a huge church, you know, go or whatever. It kind of doesn't matter. Jesus was a historical figure uh, known for a lot of great things. And so, you know, all you need to know is you got a pretty famous guy knocking on your door some random day and he just wants to hang out. Just you're going to spend a day with Jesus. What are you going to do? Okay. I like it. I like the question. So. You know, I live four blocks from the Atlantic Ocean, right? Yeah. And I love, very, yeah, love yeah. being in the water. I love being in the water. I love being on the water, whether it's in a boat. Used to have sailboats, used to have powerboats. Now my big thing for the last, you know, nine years, 10 years has been stand-up paddle boarding, surfing, you know, on the on the big boards and going out there. So I, I tote my board down there. So what I would do is I thought, you know, we'd go for a stand-up paddle. You know, hopefully there'd be a little break that day. We'd catch a few, you know, slow waves, right? I kind of, I've always seen Jesus as a longboard kind of guy. Longboard's kind of a mellow deal. So uh-huh. that's how I kind of yeah. see him. And, and really, and, and I do mean this because th- this is special to me. Witness all the beauty that that's right here on my doorstep. All the beauty of the ocean, the sky. I mean, the dolphins. I mean, I've had dolphins touch my board with their tails wow. before all around me, dozens of them, wow. osprey fish, pelicans. Then we'd probably, you know, we'd, so we'd do that. We'd get in the water for a little bit and then we'd come, we'd, we'd come back to the house and we'd, you know, we'd, we'd shower off and get changed and throw on some board shorts probably and some flip flops. And uh, we, we'd go down, we'd, we'd find a nice raw bar uh, that again was outside on the water with a nice view of the water. And we'd, we'd have a cold beer and, and some shrimp and oysters uh, just kind of soak it in really and give thanks for the beauty of it all. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't want to pepper the big guy, right? The big guy. So the big guy's knocking on my door. He wants to just hang out. Right. Yeah. 
yeah. I'm figuring, I'm figuring he really needs a break. If the big guy's <laughs> back in on my beer, he really needs to chill. So That's we're right. just going to go hard chill. Not a lot of talking. There's a lot like of being it. and soaking like in the uh, negative ions, right? So that's that's what we're doing. I love it. I love it. That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, question number two: um, If you uh, if you could go to church with any other man, living or dead, uh, and it can be famous or not, you could you could have known this guy or not, uh, but you, you're going to go to church. You're going to go spend an hour uh, sitting in a pew with another guy. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, probably, uh, you know, it's, it sounds kind of sappy, but probably my dad, because we, we didn't do that, you know, and we didn't have that and just kind of do that and just be grown up men together for a little while. And then afterwards, maybe talk about some things as to why that wasn't part of his deal, you know, mm-hmm. and because he had such an amazing life and just just to be able to put some context, you know, after after church, maybe over a cup of coffee. Right. Uh, yeah. Put some context to the outlines of his life that I know about. So that would be pretty cool. So that's what I'd pick. That would be cool. Kind of church being the beginning of something there. That's neat. Uh, all right. And then the last question, uh, and this is one where <clears throat> you're going to be a little challenged because I know you've done, you've given this, you've done this. So you can either go to a greatest hits or you can just make something up on the fly here. But, but if you could give advice to a younger man, yeah, so think of, you know, kind of a teenager, kind of ninth grade or whatever. Um, just about being comfortable in, you know, in his faith, in his, you know, his way just of, of being and believing. Um, what would that advice be? Yeah, you 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 really kind of you stole my thunder a little bit when you rolled out your uh do you well quote be, oh. be. but no that's that that wasn't what i was going to use but it's very very you know uh, analogous to that I, I just really feel like you know if if you have any kind of foundation at all and if you're just a a, a sentient human being uh, uh with some sense of, of right and wrong and almost all of us are you know what's right and you know what's wrong and and if you are consistently uh and at your core, desirous of, of doing right and helping, right? Then you never have to uh, apologize for any decision you make because uh, you've made it out of uh, what you sense to be right. You never have to apologize for being you because you're acting in a way that is true to uh, your core and in wanting to help and, and you know, be truthful. And, and if, if, if you're just the best version of you every single day, first of all, that's all you know how to be. You don't know how to really be anything else. All, all you know how to do is you. That's what I always tell people when, I, when I'm hiring people and, and, they, and they try to kind of get outside their zone, right? It's the old stay, stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your mm-hmm. lane. Uh, you know, just do you. That's why, that's why we hired you. That's why that young lady married you. That's why uh, those people took you in. They saw something in you that they believed in and they thought was valuable and and they like you. So just do you. And I think if you do that and you're consistent, uh, consistent in your faith, consistent in your demeanor, consistent in your actions, consistent in your words, then uh, I think you'll have a good full life and you can move confidently forward. Uh, with with those as your basic tenets so 
That's great. That and that, uh, that my friends, that my listeners is why they call him the captain right there. Kelly Morgan, thank you so much for, uh, for being on. All right, JP. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.